Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, and welcome to another Ominous Origins podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people over at morbidlybeautiful.com. If you're unfamiliar with what Morbidly Beautiful is, go check out that website right now for everything you want to know about pop culture horror. They have everything from interviews to reviews, introspectives, retrospectives, and all sorts of opinion pieces as well. Go check it out while you're listening to this episode of the podcast. And keep an eye on it for the next month is Women in Horror Month which means there are going to be a ton of great content featuring nothing but wonderful women in the realm of horror. I'll be jumping in on that too, so I might have a surprise guest or two in the next month. But until then, we're going to focus on the podcast today. But with that in mind, we are going to look at a woman spirit of sorts, and that happens to be the Irish Banshee. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. You may remember way back when, maybe even a year ago now at this point, I covered the personifications of death on an episode of this podcast. Well, when it was the Horror Shots podcast. Nevertheless, the Banshee was featured in there as one of the sort of personifications or spirits of death in the Irish culture. Well, I wanted to take this opportunity to expand upon that and look a little deeper into the lore of just what a banshee is. Now, this comes from ancientorigins.net, and it goes as such. To hear the harrowing wail tear through the night sky was an omen of certain death. The cry of the banshee implied that someone in your family had died, or was about to, or that you were about to meet an untimely end. An old Irish myth, banshees are closely related to the people of the Ace Sede, or spirits or fairies, and the Morrigan, the triple goddess of fate, particularly in war. Sometimes banshees have been depicted as old and haggard, but other times they are seen as young and beautiful. Usually a banshee is said to travel alone. However, when a person of particular greatness dies, they will go in groups. But regardless of their appearance or numbers, banshees always mean death. One thing I do find interesting about the description of a banshee is that it can be, well, anything. It can be this terrifying old spirit that is the typical old hag. Or it could be a beautiful young woman who sings her siren songs and lures you to death, or just predicts your death, or a death in general. Much of the artwork I've seen featuring banshees does include a young woman. She's beautiful and she's very innocent looking, but her wail does signify the end of, well, somebody's life. In Gaelic lore, these harbingers of death are known as Bean Sede, which simply means fairy woman. According to tradition, a Bean Sede is a woman of the fairy, maybe an ancestral spirit, appointed to forewarn members of a certain Irish family of their time of death. The families warned were those of the insular Celtic lands, meaning ones that had not been overrun by Norse, English, or Norman invaders. These families usually have an O or a Mick or Mac prefix, such as O'Connor, O'Brien, O'Neill, McNeil, 
so on and so forth. The origin of the Banshee is not entirely known, and I've discovered that throughout my journey of looking into unknown things that it's hard to pinpoint exactly when certain myths or legends come into context. The world around us is so large and vast that it's very difficult to pinpoint where certain things start. I understand that, especially when things that may or may not exist come into play, such as a Banshee. Nevertheless, it does seem to be an Irish creation. The most prominent theory suggests that the legend originated from the cry of a barn owl. In ancient battles, the armies would start by marching at dawn. Their movements would startle owls that were just settling down to sleep. The birds then would screech and fly away as the army approached. Their cry would alert the opposing armies or cities of the coming threat. Naturally, many would die in these confrontations, and so the owl's screech and cry came to be seen as a sign of death. In ancient Ireland and Scotland, morning rituals included a keening woman known as the Bean Caonit. Such women would wail and weep for the deceased. Most often this act would come as a natural expression of grief from family members, yet one could also hire one for added effect at funerals. Legends say that the Asside would come and keen with unparalleled poignancy for truly noble Irish families. But being spirits, the Sade could often tell right away when a family member had died, so a Bean Sade would begin the morning rites of wailing and the cry would drift over the Irish hills far faster than a message could be carried. The wailing of the Banshee was thus the first news of death in the family. If the deceased were a great or holy person, several Banshees would appear together to sing their mournful laments in unison. Later on, the Banshee would appear just before death to warn the family of its impending loss. However, most of the time, the first person to hear the Banshee's screech is the person who is about to die. So if you hear a screeching and you are Irish and particularly of a noble descent, such as a Mick or an O, just be wary. You know, maybe take an extra precaution that day and call in sick from work. You know, just hang out at home. Don't eat any meat. Nothing that can kill you. Just kind of stay curled up in bed. But I digress. While the intentions of the Sade were noble, Banshees inevitably developed a bad reputation and became heavily cursed and feared. There is little evidence to suggest that the Banshee ever actually killed anyone, except maybe by fright. But being disembodied spirits with chilling cries, they became associated with ghosts and other devilry. Banshees soon had a reputation of being hate-filled creatures. There are certain stories of murdered young women or mothers who died in childbirth becoming Banshees. But, altogether, the description of a Banshee varies. Now, there is a list here of some of the more prominent banshee portrayals, and it goes as such. An old woman dressed in black with long gray hair covering her face with a veil. An old woman with long white hair and red eyes dressed in a green dress. A deathly pale woman with long red hair dressed in white and sometimes in a shroud. A beautiful woman wearing a shroud. A beautiful woman with silver-white hair wearing a long, shimmering dress, carrying or using a silver comb. And lastly, and probably the most terrifying one, a headless woman, naked from the waist up, carrying a bowl of blood. For some reason, that image is both terrifying and interesting to me. I feel like that would make a great photo shoot. And that's the photographer me speaking. You know, just crop out the head and have a woman standing there with a bucket of blood or a bowl of blood. Huh. Maybe I have an idea for my next project. 
Eh, we'll see. Originally, when they manifest themselves, banshees appear as beautiful, enchanting women that sing a sorrowful, haunting song, which is filled with concern and love for their families, and that's from Burn, 2016. However, over time, the legend became too good of a ghost story to pass up. Banshees came to be viewed as wicked hags who delighted in bringing news of death. Their cries would chill a listener to the bone and could even make you go insane. The traditional concept of a family guardian lamenting kinfolk's death faded away, much like the tradition of wailing at a funeral. Today, it is really only the ghostly, superstitious personality of the Banshee that remains. I was able to dig up some more information regarding the Banshee, and this comes from an Irish website, so you know the source material should be pretty good. Generally, the Banshee is pictured as an old witch, and she was considered to be a harbinger of death and doom. That we've already known. But here's some other names that she might go by. Hag of the Mist, Little Washerwoman, and Hag of the Black Head. There are others, but those are some of the more prominent ones. She was a fairy woman, a spirit linked to the realm of death, and if you spotted her, you'd be praying for the safety of your own family or yourself. As we said, she's a harbinger of death, therefore you hear the wail, you or somebody you know, especially in your family, could be soon to pass. Now here's an interesting little tidbit as well. The name Banshee is derived from the old Irish word for woman of the fairy mound. Her name is connected to the various mounds of earth dotted around the Irish countryside known as Tamuli. These Tamuli traditionally covered a grave or a number of graves and were said to be the home of the spirits of the dead. The name Little Washerwoman comes from the tales of her being sighted, washing the bloodstains from the clothes of individuals who were soon to die. Her arrival is often depicted by the shrieking wail that she emanates, and it is said to be able to shatter glass. The first accounts of the creature date back as far as 1380, and mentions of the Banshee can be found in some Norman literature from the time as well. There are also similar tales of witch-like creatures signaling impending doom in the Scottish and Welsh mythology as well. The Banshee would typically appear in three forms. Young Maiden, as we've discussed, and she had a more sweet style of singing voice, similar to that of mermaids and siren songs from other regions of the world and other lore as well. Others have her depicted as a full-figured matron or an old wretched crone. Whatever her form, she would be dressed in a gray cloak, and her eyes were permanently red due to the constant weeping. And that makes a lot of sense. You spend eternity crying for those who are dying, or those who've died, you're bound to have some red eye. Now there is one particular quote that I do want to share with you here, and that comes from Lady Wilde in the book Ancient Legends of Ireland. And she describes the Banshee as such. The size of the Banshee is another physical feature that differs between regional accounts. Some accounts of her standing unnaturally tall are recorded. However, the majority of tales that describe her height state the Banshee as short, anywhere between one foot and four feet. Her exceptional shortness often goes alongside the description of her as an old woman, though it may be intended to emphasize her state as a fairy creature. Now, Ireland isn't the only Celtic region to have its own sort of banshee. Scotland has one as well, called the Cownag, and that is a female spirit in Scottish folklore, and a type of highland banshee, 
and her name means Weeper. She is normally invisible and foretells death of her clan by lamenting in the night at a waterfall, stream, lake, or glen on a mountainside. Unlike the related death portent known as the Bean Naig, the Koinag cannot be approached or questioned or be made to grant wishes. The Scottish folklorist Alexander Carmichael in Carmina Gadlica states that she foretells the death of those slain in battle, and that her mourning and weeping cause much anxiety to parents whose sons are at war. Before the massacre of Glencoe, this particular spirit of the MacDonalds was heard to wail night after night. Those whose fears were roused by her keening left the glen and escaped the fate of those who remained behind. Fragments of the dirges said to have been sung by the Cowanag before the massacre were collected by Carmichael, and they go as such. Now, I'm not 100% sure on some of the pronunciation here, but I will do my best not to butcher this poem. Little Cowanag of the sorrow is pouring the tears of her eyes, weeping and wailing the fate of Clan Donald. Alas, my grief, that ye did not heed her cries. There is gloom and grief in the mount of mist. There is weeping and calling in the mount of mist. There is death and danger. There is maul and murder. There is blood spilling in the mount of mist. There is another variation of this particular banshee, and it is called the Cowanteach, and is another version of this death spirit attached to various clans in Islay. When death from illness was about to occur, she would appear outside the sick person's house wearing a green shawl and began lamenting at the door. In one account, she is said to have been banished from the premises after having been given a gift of clothing to cover herself, much like the traditions of the Brownie and the Cold Lad of Hylton. She is sometimes conflated with the Bean Nye, who haunts desolate streams and washes the clothes of those who are about to die. But in this context, the Calenteach is more formidable. If she is interrupted, she will strike at a person's legs with her wet linen, and the victim will lose use of them, which is a pretty nasty defense if you think about it. I mean, if somebody's wailing outside your window or your door and you tell them to leave, and then they snap a wet towel at you and take the use of your legs, well, I mean, that would be something nobody would ever see coming. It's pretty formidable, as the article here says. But that is everything I have for you on the Banshees today. Now, I wish I had some more time, but I did run into some issues with, uh, well, I guess my computer this week. I just got it back last night, so my research was not as top-notch as usual. And I do apologize for that. Hopefully you still enjoyed the podcast. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you do like what you hear, please feel free to drop a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts, if they allow reviews. You can find me on social media at HorrorShotsProd, as in production, on Twitter, HorrorShots on Facebook, or if you are interested in helping out by lending a little bit of financial support, you are more than welcome to do so as well at Patreon and that would be at patreon.com slash horrorshots. Lastly, there is some merchandise available if you are interested, and the site features both the Ominous Origins logo, the Horror Shots logo, as well as some original artwork that I've put together in Photoshop over my years. That is a Redbubble store, and I do find Redbubble's quality to be pretty good, so you can check it out there. The link will be in the description 
wherever it happens to be on the site you're listening to this on. So, until next week.